It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. Let's talk for a moment about Sprint Gold. So for those of you who have been under a rock, the 2020 Scrum Guide clearly states that a team should commit to a sprint goal rather than collectively how many stories they can complete. Now that begs the question, what is a sprint goal? What I've found is many organizations having a sprint goal is a good idea, but oftentimes it's not something that they talk about. Um, when, scrum goals have been around forever, but if you go back in time to the early 2000s, when Scrum was first starting to make its splash, we found that many people were focused on the definition of done and how we get to the end of the sprint. And this emphasis on getting things done uh, drove us to have burn down charts that showcase story points or even worse, hours in many cases. Uh, and we showed how work was being done, what work was in progress, how stories were progressing. And the gap between done and progress became larger and larger and larger. We had to learn to focus on how to finish stories rather than start working on new ones, which, which was a good thing. But every two weeks, we got instant feedback on what we did from the business. And oftentimes, that would increase the size of our backlog. But sometimes when we get that feedback, the customer would say, well, that's not exactly what I had in mind. Or I was hoping we'd use a different approach. And what we quickly discovered was what once worked many years ago in nice, fit, trim, two-week cycles had become something much different. And my hope today is to help you focus more on a sprinkle and talk about what's changed since the early 2000s. Many, many organizations and teams later since the early 2000s, everybody wanted to approach Scrum, specifically sprints, and specifically how do we measure success different ways. I've heard everything from, you know, following more of a lean Kanban flow and measuring throughput and cycle time and variance. I've heard people who strictly go with the two weeks, how many story points can you do? And many of these organizations are associating story points with time or story points with with other numbers in order to help them do comparative analysis across teams and across individuals. It's really turned into something much bigger. So I think what I'm trying to say is when we start with big projects, the larger the product or project, the more teams that are gonna be working on it, the more disconnect people will feel from the end users. So how do we get to where the end users are? Many of you have heard the, the old uh, proverb that says, uh, you know, you should walk a mile in your customer's shoes. But many people forget about the most important part. You should walk a mile in your customer's shoes, but remember to take your own shoes off first. What do I mean by that? What I mean is if you are walking a mile in someone else's shoes and you're wearing your own, you're looking at it through the bias of what you see and not through what they are actually experiencing. So I'll say that one more time. If you don't take off your own shoes, you're seeing your bias about how you feel or what you think instead of what they're actually experiencing. So... The key here is to try to obtain direct feedback, uh, but the days of obtaining direct feedback on what we delivered and having customers in our demos, especially with work from home environments, it's tended to shift. Uh, and a lot of people are starting to shift more towards how can we do it more efficient, uh, efficiently? How can we uh, focus more on delivery? And what's become the norm is a focus on output rather than outcome. 
and the gap without inspection and adaptation, the empirical process kind of went away. So for me, I think the experience that I've seen is that we need to reunite and understand what a goal is and why the goal is important for a sprint. So we're getting fast feedback. We're getting feedback every couple of weeks. But to define a goal, a goal is an objective or target that someone is trying to achieve. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? But nothing says a goal has to be specifically output focused. We should try to make our goals outcome focused. And I think it's going to give us a little more leeway, a little more traction with our customers because we'll have better understanding of what their needs are. So if your primary focus is on the features, uh, you always hear questions like, when will it be ready? When are we going to get it? When is it going to be delivered? And this is probably the wrong question to be asking. If the teams are taking the time to do planning poker or any of those other uh, point-based ra rapid estimation techniques where they have um, you know, everyone in a room together and they're using cards and they're talking about each and every story, many people feel like this is great because it opens up discussion. But it also causes analysis paralysis in many situations because everyone feels like they have to have an opinion and everyone wants to speak to the topic. So I guess the question is, how can we get past analysis paralysis and really focus on the end goal? I think that if you do rapid estimation techniques, I'm all for that. And if you do something like rapid release planning, where you're just using t-shirt sizes and nothing else, that's it. Just to give you that initial boost. And then talking about the ones where you may have a different initial estimate from the product owner, uh, which is concealed from the team than you do from the team itself, it forced you to revisit where you had gaps and it forced you to analyze and see um, what the team doesn't know or maybe what the product owner underestimated as far as scope is concerned. So I think that if you can focus on the scope in release planning and earlier, you're going to find that you'll be in better situations when it comes time to deliver and forecast. And that allows you to focus on a sprint goal because what I see is a circle, a loop, where teams tend to uh, have a subject matter expert that tells them uh, what's going to be built, or at least they, they drive the product owner to know what's going to be built, or the product owner says, I know better, and builds what they think. And what ends up happening is that the team will cycle through, plan the work, build exactly what the product owner asked for, present it to the customer. The customer says, that's not at all what I wanted. And the product owner turns around to the team and says, why can't you guys ever deliver what the customer wants? And you're just like, oh my goodness, here we go. It becomes this cycle, right? And it goes on two, three times. Oh, you're getting closer. You know, oh, we're almost there. Then the next time you get the customer, well, our needs have changed. It's oh, you know, it's like every single time something happens. And I guess the question that comes up is how do we get past that? And I put together something where I cover uh, four different types of platforms that you use to navigate products and projects to make sure you understand and can get sprinkles. And in order to plan for your sprint effectively, you have to start with ideation, where someone comes up with an idea and we talk about, hey, that's a brilliant idea. Let's throw a small amount of money at it to vet out that idea. And we can do things like brainstorming sessions, focal questioning, identifying the top five ideas to solve a problem, lots of good stuff. The second phase uh, beyond ideation is discovery. And this is where we're trying to build a prototype, whether it's a working prototype, whether it's a paper prototype, whether it's any type of MVP, we just want to make sure we have something that aligns us with a goal. Then we'll go into phase three, which is uh, delivery or build out. And that's the most expensive phase. That's where we're spending all of our dollars. So we don't want to spend as much, we want to spend as little time there as possible in that playground. Uh, 
Uh, we want to learn how to respond to change quickly. And if we've misidentified our customer, we want to rewind to make sure that we can get back to that so that we can focus on value and focus on outcome and focus on delivering high quality products quickly. And I think that if we reflect on what the Scrum Guide said, and of course the fourth, sorry, I missed the fourth, the fourth is release, and that's how we get it in our customers' hands. If we focus on what the latest Scrum Guide actually says and talks about sprint goals and product goals, those are good in the essence that it helps us learn to shift our thinking from output-based thinking to outcome-based thinking. And if we can focus on that while still delivering features that provide value, we can get inside of the mind of the customers. Some other tips you can use include the five whys. There's lots of different things you can do to get there. But the point I'm trying to make is spend a little more time doing analysis and diagnosis because there's nothing more beneficial to an agile team than someone who knows how to do true business analysis. That's going to do it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic that you'd like for us to discuss, reach out to us at learnmoreatagiledad.com. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care. Yeah.